Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Caleb. And I am on a repurposed oil rig prepared to save the United States against 16 nuclear missiles. I don't think it was repurposed, but yes. I mean, it may as well just be a repurposed oil rig. It, that's, what it, that's exactly what it looked like. Well, that's how we conceptualize it, yes. Yes. I'm. I can't wait to talk about the the top cinematic experience of 2022 with you uh, later. But uh, first, I have to know how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm enjoying my longest weekend that didn't involve uh, the use of vacation time in two years. Uh, that or you know, like holiday weekends, notwithstanding, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, I got uh, a Saturday and a Sunday off consecutively. It was nice. What a novel concept. Yeah. I don't know, I've been doing that for years, so... Uh, I, I can't relate to your, your past struggles. All I can say <laughs> is, I, I'm glad you're now one of us. Yeah. Yeah, I put in my time. I got there. Uh, oh, I left... A, I, went, I went to, uh... Commander Legends Baldur's Gate pre pre release this week, which you had no idea was was happening. Yeah, I thought that was like a month from now. Uh, how was that? Was it fun? Did you play the magical cards? I played the magical cards. I got immediately. I I was like the least threatening player on the board, and they were just like, "Yeah, you're dead." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." That sounds like people playing a game of Commander. Yeah, I, I like it, it, I just got completely hated out of the game by everybody. Uh, and then yeah, and it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna sit here then. And it's like I have no threats on the board. Like you guys have completely ruined me. Uh, this is a game of Commander. Commander is meant to be fun, and this I it's mean it was not, fun. It, it, it the, wasn't the game. Not the game fun. is fun, but like the players are like Commander players are the worst Magic players. <laughs> yes but like uh yeah i got hated out of the game by the two strongest players on the on the opposing or, or like the two strongest players and then um i don't know like they, they just weren't looking at each other the entire time and then the the one who is in the strongest position the entire game uh won shocking i know but we'll hmm. talk about that more on uh our, our show where i can openly bitch about that without getting my girlfriend mad yeah, I can't wait to hear about it again. Uh, hopefully, Bill will but be there so depth. he can he can say something about it. Yes, but it was fine. Uh, I mean, I got to play a deck. Uh, I got a bunch of cool cards. Uh, that's all that matters. Uh, I, I guess I had fun. My job is good. I'm I'm the I'm the boss. You're the big boss man. Yeah. You wear you you wear a cop uniform and carry around a nightstick and beat people with it. Mm, maybe I'll have to start doing that. That was his gimmick. 
Yeah. Just get a foam um, nightstick. It'll be fine. <laughs> so my job, like I I'm a I'm a new store manager. Um we're in the construction Muriel uh Muriel? That's not a word. Muriel. Uh construction material supply industry. And I do payroll for Which that is industry. To say it's a lumber yard. Yeah. But uh so the company I work for, like we'll we'll deliver stuff out to job sites. We used to like own our own trucks to do that. Oh. But with just like uh maintenance on the trucks and like insurance and liability and everything, like it it's much more uh feasible to subcontract all of that, so that's what we do. Uh so anytime the truck moves, like there's a fee that comes out of my budget for the truck to be moved. Like, it's just based on mileage. Uh, and in my first week, um, you know, the thing that I've found is that nobody is uh, passing the cost of delivery on to customers. So uh, I kind of mathed it all out. And then just like, assuming this is an average week, because... Um, you know, it's the only frame of reference I have right now, but like, Correct. uh, I spent about $5,000 in hauler charges off of my budget this week and collected maybe a hundred dollars in money from customers to pay for deliveries. So like about a $5,000 loss, uh, extrapolate that over an entire year. That's a quarter million dollars off of my bottom line. <laughs> Yo, that's my uh, first big problem that I'm uh, working on fixing. All right. So here's the question. Did you take over the store from somebody who uh, was fired, moved on themselves or well, actually, I was was going to say retired, but I guess that also falls under moved on themselves. So uh, which way were they termed? No, he uh, he made a lateral move. I mean, a lot of. uh, a lot of the customers here, like they'll they'll freak out if they see a delivery charge like on their their billing statement. But we don't have to like we can collect delivery without showing delivery. And like a lot of our customers, it seems, don't really care about price. They just want to get their shit when they need it. So like you can bury the delivery charge in the cost of the material and like you're still collecting it. And that yes. would keep me from hemorrhaging money constantly. Like, even even if we are collecting, like, even just, like, 10 to 20% of delivery charges, like, that is tens of thousands of dollars. That's true. And it seems like a really simple thing you could do. And, and I guess it's yeah. just because, like, the store manager before you just was like, yeah, well... Delivery fee, you know, we'll say we'll have it say delivery fee, and then people push back, and then they well, stop doing it, and then you you just like you said hide it a new way. I think he just kind of um, was going with the flow, like they had been doing it a certain way there for so long. But like the the thing with me being a new manager coming in, like what I do in the next week or two is going to set the pace for like everything that I have to put up with there for like you know the next two to five years or however long i'm at this store like 
if I don't get a handle on it now and establish like this is the procedure that we use to do this and there's no deviation from that, then like if I try like if I try to implement that six months from now, it's gonna be a, a fight that I'm probably gonna lose. Right. Well but hopefully that's my life. The- well, hopefully the next door you, you take up is uh, one down here, and then I, I can come work for you. Yeah, and then Bill will move back to New York. Yep, Bill, Bill can move back to New York. He just <laughs> can't ever come down here because of the restraining order. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying it, though. The, the Finger Lakes region of upstate New York is uh, very nice. It's, it's a beautiful area. You're going to be hanging out with Nick a lot. Yeah, since I since I um had the weekend off, I could uh go down and and got to meet his uh girlfriend Rebecca, who is a very nice lady. I got Isn't to it great that he Nick. doesn't date a horrible cunt? <laughs> it's very nice that she didn't immediately scream at me for being there. Yeah. Yeah, like that's the true. first thing the first thing uh she did was like say hi and give me a hug and ask if I needed a drink or anything. And I was like, when, when does the hitting start? (laughs) I don't know. It was, uh, it was nice though. It was nice to, you know, even though I'm in an unfamiliar area and I'm all by myself, I was able to go and, and be with a, you know, not my, not my family, but a family and get a couple home cooked meals. Um, Nick made, uh, like homemade bread and made grilled cheeses with that, and like homemade tomato soup, and uh, yeah, he made yeah, a lasagna, that. and he made uh, let's see, we had the lasagna and we had the French toasts. Did you have any enchiladas? Because I hear those are your favorites on Mum the Nums days. No, but I uh, I was gonna request it. But then he said he was making lasagna, and I was like, hmm. Because I remembered my bachelor party when he made lasagna. Yeah. Uh, Nick and I were antisocial in the kitchen, just yelling at each other the whole time, because that's how we speak. And uh, just making fucking lasagna the whole time. These quesadillas are delicious. Quesadillas is my medicine. (laughs) Uh, We're so stupid. It's true. Hey, let's get into a segment. Uh, it's the segment we do every week. It's called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. All right, so right now I'm just uh, drinking some cranberry juice because I'm just kind of flushing everything out. But um, so Nick and I did some drinking. Uh, of course. When I got there Friday night, um, you know, we ate and stuff, and I brought him a bottle of uh, Loch Lomond 18-year uh, single malt scotch. Ooh. Uh, which is pretty good. I, I still vastly prefer the Lagavulin 16-year scotch, but but it's pretty good. He never he never had scotch before, like, or good scotch before. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, so I, gave I feel him... like good scotch is the qualifier you need there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I gave him the whole, the whole spiel about like, uh, this is where it gets its flavor from because like they use peat for firewood instead of 
uh, trees because they're in like the moorlands of like Scotland. And then like, you know, uh, scotch is something like you can do. There's a lot of uh, like there's a water soluble portion and a, an oil based portion to scotch. Mm-hmm. So you can like put a couple drips of water in it and it like makes all the the water soluble components like drop out of the solution and like completely changes the the flavor of everything. Like it's really interesting. Huh. Uh so I showed him that. And then uh I don't know, he had some is it Goose Island brewery, I think. He just got like a random twelve pack. Uh which we drink a bunch of that, and I don't know, he was giving me wine, and uh, then, like, when we had our French toast, uh, like, we went out and and got a, a bottle of sparkling wine, and I made mimosas, like, uh, a rich white lady. True. I don't know, that's something, uh, whenever, like, I was in New Orleans, because um, you can just drink, like, whenever. Like, don't even think about it. Yeah. So, like, we went for for breakfast, and I was like, I'm going to get a mimosa. And, uh, you know, I was just like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start drinking these more. I'm going to give myself the time to enjoy my life. Sure. I've earned that. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's wild when you don't... Lot... Go ahead. Yeah. That was a long walk for me to say I'm not drinking any alcohol. <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, it's wild so what, what you, you can do outside of the Rust Belt. Because, uh, like, Pittsburgh, like, Pennsylvania was very late to, like, beer in a gas station game. Yeah, because if you buy beer at a gas station, you're going to drink and drive. Right. That's exactly what that means. You know, uh, cause and effect. No, but, uh, so, like, when I, Cordy and I went to fucking Vegas, and there's just, like, a a fucking uh liquor store in the airport. So we just loaded up on a shit ton of liquor, dra- drank like Red's Apple, like the the fucking uh the hell's that? It, like a, a hard cider. Just drinking that on the transport from the airport to the hotel. Just cuz. You know, it was great. It was fantastic. It was like, yeah. oh, this is the Wild West. This is amazing. And we drank a little bit on our way to uh In-N-Out cuz we had never had In-N-Out before and we wanted it. So, yeah. Uh, get away from the Rust Belt if you can. Uh, they're biblically repla- repressed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Pennsylvania is the Quaker state. That's true. Uh, I'm drinking a G&T, but the more important thing was uh, I drank the flaming hot Mountain Dew earlier today. Oh, no. Uh, I can tell you this. It doesn't taste like any... Like It tastes like hey, we put a bit of spice in this and didn't add any additional flavors. So it's like, oh, okay. Like it, like, it was an experiment. It was to see what how it tasted. Uh, it doesn't taste like anything. So I mean, I'm, I'm never getting it again. So all it is is Mountain Dew with spicy? Yeah, kind of. What? Which, like, in theory should be fantastic. But, like, I, I don't know. Mountain Dew's a tremendous mixer. Because like that's that's what you mix with your cheap whiskeys in oh, order I, to. I do I abhor Mountain Dew. It's oh uh, really? Yeah. I always get my my one gamer fuel 
uh, every time a new Call of Duty comes out, so that way I can be gamer fueled <laughs> up. But you know, that's that's about it. I, I'm not a big Mountain Dew guy anymore. I'm more. Uh, I, I like Coke Mountain Zero. Dew as a meme. Yeah, but uh, I enjoy a Baja Blast. I mean, Baja Blast is the king of all Mountain Dew flavors. Mm-hmm. When they sold in stores, I got way too much of it. Code Red once in a while. Code Red's good. I've gotten their uh, black label and their white label. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? This is a, like a 16 ounce uh, can of like pre quote unquote premium Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew. Brewers Preserve. Yeah, it's weird shit, man. <laughs> Fucking Mountain Dew Devil's Cut. <laughs> uh all right. Uh well with that, I guess it's time to get into the news. Oh shit, it's mail time. Alright, uh bummer for me. Um Midnight Gospel uh cancelled after one season will not be returning for a season two. Uh this is a show for people who do drugs and mm-hmm. Want to feel uh, deep? I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's a like a visual podcast, like it's podcast audio with uh, weird animations over it of like people on drugs talking about uh, life, the universe, and philosophy. And I liked it. Uh, I didn't, but that's fine. Uh, I don't think it was designed for me in the first place, anyway. But yeah. Uh, I don't know, people are quote-unquote upset about this. Like, wow, what a fantastic show this was. Uh, And it even brought on the, uh, this is why I don't watch Netflix shows unless they get three or four seasons comment, and I just went, bro, you're... Normally, I'm okay. Like, I I think that argument's a bad faith argument because it's a chicken and egg situation where it's just like, well, if you don't support Netflix shows, then Netflix shows will die, and then you just continue to complain about them. Also, it's been like two years since we've heard anything about this show so like of course it wasn't coming back yeah we just got the confirmation also 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 uh this show has no storyline there's no story to this it's just all self-contained so you don't need to just you know there's well there's a very loose uh, overarching narrative but it's like basically an afterthought yeah, it's just like, hey, this guy shoots uh, fucking radio waves at a fucking planet, and then he learns things from that planet. Like, th- that's how I remember it, so. Yeah, man. Uh, n- normally, like, in general, people are, I, I find that b- argument, like I said, to be a-, a bad faith argument and a bad argument and a bad take every time it's said. Uh, however, when you apply it to uh, fucking, what the hell is this show called? Uh, Midnight Gospel. An an irreverent show. Uh, you're you're just wrong overall. That's true. And I liked the show, and that's me saying that. So yeah. But I'm sorry, uh, everyone's weird visual podcast show isn't coming back. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Happens. Happens it to the happens. best of us. Next up, is it cake? Has been renewed for a second season. Hmm. Yes, the the cultural phenomenon is it cake? They should make uh, Orzov cake. The, two of the people who listen to this will get that joke. 
You know, I'm I'm a big fan of gruel cake. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a baking show. Watch it if you like. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Midnight Gospel died for this. That's true. That's exactly <laughs> what that means. These two stories being back-to-back means that Midnight Gospel was canceled so they, they can make more Is It Cake. Look, it's a it's a popular show because people put it on in the background while they have sex or while they fold laundry, uh, and they can look up every now and then and be like, oh my god, that was supposed to be cake. That's crazy. Look what they did I with that fondant. the TV on when I was having sex. I mean, people are weird. Uh, I mean, I've had... Uh... <laughs> All right. Uh, Ashley, don't get mad at me. So we would put on fucking bad boys whenever we were at my parents' house in order to, to bang because we didn't want them to hear us. So we thought the Michael Bay explosions would cover for that. Also, anytime <laughs> we had sex in the basement of our first renter's house, and we didn't want him to hear us, we'd put on Bad Boys. Or, like, any generic action movie, because after a while, Bad Boys left Netflix. So, like, that's about it. I don't know if you're putting on <laughs> This Is Cake to do such a thing like that, or Is This Cake, or whatever the fuck the title is, but, uh, you know. <laughs> she, she, she just have, like, a weird fucking... <laughs> Uh, like Pavlovian reaction. <laughs> you hear fucking bad boys. What you going? <laughs> you just start fucking getting turgid. Yeah. Uh, whenever it, whenever I see the the clip of the of uh the scene where uh, Will Smith is is dressing down the uh the boyfriend from Bad Boys Two, uh, I you know I get rock hard. Oh man. I assume do they actually do have like the actual Bad Boys song in there? I know that they sing it, but like, do they actually play the song? Yes, I want to say at the okay. end though. Like they don't, uh, like they don't start with it because I don't think they want to get it confused with cops. Even Especially though it's that clearly, time. like clearly, they went for the brand recognition of using the song from Cops. True, but if you put it towards the end of the movie, there's plausible den- deniability. So yeah, uh, let me know what you do during sex time. Do you have Netflix on during sex time? And what do you put on? I've had porno on during sex a couple times for people who are into that, but... What? I don't know. People are really into that? They want, like, the orgy feel without it actually being an orgy? No, just like, I don't know. It's like a competition thing. It's like it's like watching a rival football team to like try to copy their moves, like steal their playbook. Oh, oh, he's flipping her over. That's a good idea. Flip. Yeah, it's kind of like that. That's that's fantastic. (laughs) Don't I'm not here to fucking yuck anyone's yum, you know, just let me do my thing now. Uh, uh, way too much personal information in this in this story about cake. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Is it cock? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's good. All right. Uh, <laughs> next story. Uh, new week, new strategy. Netflix's film division is now focusing on a leaner model, releasing fewer and bigger slash better movies. This will also be a d- this will also be a diminishing effect yeah. on the artur Yeah, starting films. with Interceptor. Uh, that's true. I mean, uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. 
this will also be a diminishing effect on the auteur films, with one source saying, uh, I don't know why it says his tendency, it should be this tendency to do anything to attract talent, and giving them carte blanche is going away. That's good. That's a good financial decision. That's true. Uh, so I didn't put this in the story, but uh, apparently uh, Noah Baumbach is doing a new movie called White Noise. Ooh. It's supposed to come out soon, soon-ish, sometime this year or probably 2023. Uh, however, the budget is, is has supposedly risen to $140 million. With people saying uh, it should be around anywhere from thirty to fifty million dollars for a so, Noah Baumbach movie. For a Noah Baumbach movie, this isn't—it's not like he's making an action movie. Apparently, like apparently, there's a yeah. car crash scene in it. So, like, like how how expensive is it to film two people fighting about their divorce? Well, I have no idea what white noise is. Well, actually, the, I could open the, <laughs> the article back up and because it's a, it's based on a book. It could be it could be like uh a woman trying to divorce the ghost of her dead husband. Ooh. <laughs> Please let that be the movie. <laughs> I need that now. I didn't know it, but all right, it's all so I can think about. It is okay, so here's so it's been deemed impossible to film saying it's a plotless postmodern exploration of death. Consumerism and suburban malaise. So, uh, aptly titled White Noise. Oh, boy. So, uh, let's do bigger and better movies, and we'll start with the movie that has been deemed impossible to film. I'm sure that'll be a good return on investment. That's true. I don't know. Uh, people are memeing on that, being like, because, oh, I mean, you said Interceptor with, with this whole strategy, and it's like... They can't. You can't change your content strategy overnight. Like you still have a bunch of projects that yeah. you've greenlit currently. Or yeah, currently like in production. you were still making Interceptor. Right. So like, yeah, they say that, and then of course people are like, oh, they say they want bigger, better films, but then they put out Interceptor, and it's like, okay, like, I guess you just don't understand how production schedules work or anything. Like, oh yeah, the thing they said over the weekend, this movie that got shot over the weekend, which. And I don't know, Interceptor kind of looks like it was shot over the weekend, but, you know... It could like, have been. I mean, it could have been, but, you know, like, you can't just, like, remove everything from your slate. You still have to have some shit coming out. So, like, this strategy, which... I don't know about you, I've seen enough Netflix strategy changes to be like, okay, I don't care because I don't believe you because you're going to just change your strategy next week. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've seen enough Netflix strategy changes in my time to be like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Dan says, I'm from the show me state. The fuck state is that? Mm. That's my state of mind. That's just what I always tell people when they're trying to bullshit me. Uh, yeah, uh, so, I, I don't know, people are making kind of a mountain out of a molehill regarding this, uh, this, uh, little piece of news because also at the bottom of it uh and i made a tiktok about this it'd be angry at me uh but basically the uh or the author of the article boris kit wrote in uh it's like the last fucking paragraph it says uh, one thing many agree on is the era of expensive vanity projects at Netflix, whether animation or live action. 
parentheses, like Martin Scorsese's $175 million The Irishman, uh, unparentheses, is likely over, uh, which is not in quotations, meaning that uh, Boris Kitt himself wrote that sentence. Mm hmm completely unprompted and everyone saw yes. that and just went oh netflix thinks the irishman was a bad fucking idea and it's like no boris kitt just says that things like that are going away he probably should just you know if he waited a few days he probably could have put in white noise being uh ballooned at 140 million dollars so yeah i i i made a video trying I to explain <laughs> to people that <laughs> You know how we're always saying that, like, reporting about Netflix is nonsense and you should just listen to us and exclusively us? Well, this is why. Yeah. Because I, like, I'll read the articles. I'll take the time to read the article and highlight yeah. things that everyone should be looking at. Yeah, just like me with my, the, my Playboy magazines. <laughs> read it cover to cover. Skipped the pictures. Yeah, like, that... And part of it to blame is discussing film, who is, uh, and I, I truly mean this, and nobody should follow them, uh, one of the worst Twitter outlets for fucking news aggregation I've ever seen in my entire life, because they blatantly misrepresented the entire point of the article. Because it goes through like, hey, this is what Netflix is now looking for, and then it's like, oh, also it said the Irishman fucking sucks and should be burned, uh, and yeah. everyone who worked on it killed. And everyone's like, how dare you say that about the Irishman? How you keep greenlighting Adam Sandler, Ryan Reynolds rock movies, and no one cares. And it's like, I mean, people watch those movies too. I mean, the Irishman was also still one of the most watched yeah. Netflix originals ever too. Like, let's not let's not forget that part. But I don't know, man. Read the article, like read read the words instead of just reading two hundred and eighty fucking characters, man. We don't have time for that. That's true. We have to consume the next idea that's been prepackaged, and we don't have to think about, and it's safe for us to just uh, assume that it's correct and uh, press it into service in our day to day attempts to connect with people unsuccessfully. Yeah. I mean, that's basically all my TikTok is at this point. It's just being like, hi, this is th the, the take that you just heard from this person is bad. Here's why. I don't TikTok. I like to go outside and see the grass. I don't. So I'll just TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can TikTok outside. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but it wears down my phone's battery quicker because it has to increase the brightness. True. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about this? I, I ultimately I just feel like this is kind of a nothing burger that blew up overnight because of uh, one author saying something careless about the Irishman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, with that, we'll move into downstream, which is the segment where we talk about trailers uh, for things that will probably get canceled, and then uh, if also if they're bad, they'll say, "Oh my God, Netflix, you totally changed your strategy after a week. Good job." Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Alright, uh, first up is the trailer for The Man from Toronto, starring Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson. A case of mistaken identity arises after a screw-up sales consultant and the world's deadliest assassin, known only as The Man from Toronto, run into each other at a holiday rental. Uh, Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson star in this action-packed comedy only on Netflix 624. 
Case of mistaken identity forces a bumbling entrepreneur to team up with a notorious assassin known as the man from Toronto in hopes of staying alive. Dan, what did you think of this? I think it looks pretty good. Uh, it could be okay. I think Woody Harrelson's kind of sleepwalking through it. Yeah, a bit. I don't know. I feel like he's sleepwalking through life. Yeah, uh, I mean, he could just be, like, ridiculously over-the-top high. So, like, he just isn't bringing any kind of energy. Uh, I think it looks okay. Uh, this is a Kevin Hart movie, so, uh, Paul, please, please avoid. Uh, otherwise, yeah, like, it, it looks okay. Like, uh, it looks like a, an enjoyable time. I mean, it's made by the same people who brought you the Hitman, the Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, which people like as a movie. And then there was the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, which nobody liked, or I think. Uh, also, this is a Sony movie that Netflix got sold. So, uh, they're going to try to make their money back on this one in, in any way they can. Yeah. I don't know, it looks like any of these other, like, mismatched buddy movies, like, uh, yeah. the rundown type stuff. Right, so it's all on the characters, and you have Kevin Hart, who predominantly plays himself, and then Woody Harrelson, yeah, who fine. is a, a good actor, who, you know, doesn't seem to be interested to be there. <laughs> so that, so that's why I don't, th I don't have very high hopes for this. That's fair. I don't know. I I don't know. I think that I got a pretty good sense of what this movie is, and I don't need it to be anything more than that from the trailer. Sure. So I don't know. Uh, to to f round out my thing, uh, it feels like Woody Harrelson had a three picture deal with Sony, and what first one was uh, at the end of Venom. Uh, the second one mm. was the entire movie of Let There Be Carnage, and then this is the final one. And Woody just couldn't, like, he was just so done after those two that he was just like, okay, I don't give a shit how I act in this. That could be true. Sometimes you just gotta do a movie because it's a job. Yep. Look at Eric Roberts. He, he voiced D.B. Cooper. Look, look at him, he's over there. I just saw him in a uh, Gambit fan film. He didn't look drunk, so, I mean, good for him. He took a he took a role sober. I'm proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next trailer is for Iron Chef, uh, quest for an Iron Legend. Uh, who will master the masters? Challenger chefs take on the Iron Chefs in an, a series of culinary battles for the chance to be crowned the first Iron Legend. Uh, follow Ming Tsai, Marcus Samuelson, Gabriella Camara, Curtis Stone, Dominique Crenn and the most talented challengers on Iron Chef Quest for an Iron Legend premiering June 15th. Uh, I know Nick will watch this. <laughs> I don't know, we might make Nick watch this. I might tell him to. Uh, well, we won't have to make him watch it. Uh, I was at his house this weekend, and like, the entire time we were just watching Beat Bobby Flay. Oh, well there you go, Nick will watch this. So, I know one of the non-Iron Chefs in this, uh, her name is Esther Choi, she uh, was on one of my favorite Food Review YouTube channels, uh, Uncle Roger, uh, and he fell in love with her, and she's hilarious, so uh, I'm rooting for her the whole time because I know her. Alright. Uh, other than that, 
don't know. How much Iron Chef did you watch in college? Because I feel like I watched like Iron Chef exclusively only in college and at no other point in my life. I don't think I've ever watched it. Oh. Uh, I might have seen an an episode here or there. Like I'm familiar with the concept, but uh, I'm I'm more con I'm more familiar with uh, Bender on Futurama. Winning at Iron Chef, but saying that, like, he didn't feel like he deserved it, so he would only as- accept the lesser title of Zinc Saucier. <laughs> yeah, I watched it with my uh, college girlfriend, like, almost constantly, whenever we were just having a night in. Uh, and it was a fantastic show. Very over the top. Like, this is, the production on this is also extremely over the top, so... Uh, this this might be a I I might watch this. Okay. I might also. You know what show needs to come back? Samurai Gourmet. That's true. Also, Final Four, Final Fantasy fourteen, Dad of Light. <laughs> but I still haven't seen Final Fantasy one through thirteen, Dad of Lights. That's true. You're gonna miss all the context. All right, uh, next trailer is for Money Heist Korea, Joint Economic Area. Uh, Four trillion won in unified currency, a heist without limits in a country without borders. One crime can change the world. Witness the crime of the century unfold. Uh, Thieves overtake the mint of a unified Korea, with hostages trapped inside. The police must stop them, as well as the shadowy mastermind behind it all. Uh, So this is like... Uh, the Korean cover of Money Heist. Yeah, wait. Uh, so like, what did that say? How much money? Uh, four trillion won. Oh, four trillion, okay. Yeah. And that's like, we don't really have context for how much that actually is because it says unified currency. Like, this is uh, sort of like a fictional, like, reunified Korea, but like kind of tentatively. Where, like, yep. the joint economic area is, like, uh, a space basically in, like, the former demilitarized zone, looks like. Ooh. Where, uh, you know, people get together and work, and they, like, that's basically the proof of concept that the two Koreas can be reunited, from what I gathered from the trailer. Uh, and these people show up to fucking rob it. Uh, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that like that's a that's a cool concept, regardless of the money heistness to it. Of you know a unified Korea with this centralized city in the demilitarized zone. Uh, yeah. so I did the math. Uh, pretending for instance that the South Korean won, uh, is the general gist of like the currency value. We're looking at three point two billion dollars. Uh, a not insignificant amount. No, it's a lot of fucking Man, the money. The won is really almost as strong as the dollar, huh? Uh oh, wait. Did I say billion? Hold on. Let me double check. Let me double check. One, two, three. Like, not saying that it should. Well, be remember, anything, it's, it's four like... trillion won, not four billion won. Oh yes, that's right. I thought yeah, you did so, say billion with a B. Yeah. Uh, so it's three billion. It's still three billion. Three billion dollars is a lot of fucking money, man. Yeah. Like that's uh that's crazy. That's enough to buy Twitter. That's true. 
Uh, not quite, but uh, it's close. You can just download it on your app, on your phone it's, for free. Yeah, it's clear. I got it. I got Twitter for free. But uh, I, I can also imagine that the North Korean currency is dragging that down, considering the fact that North Korea, uh, th- their money is worth no money. Uh, so, uh, good good luck there. I, I'm sure like four billion won is actually probably close to like six cents because of North the North Korean currency. Uh, this is all shots at North Korea, uh, because, uh, fuck their, their government. People are good, but, uh, fuck their government. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it can't be worse than, uh, Morbius 2, it's Morbin time. No, see, so... So Jared Leto has this fucking video come out that's, like, him reading this, well, reading a script, and it's... it's titled Morpheus 2, It's Morbin Time. And I, I just want everyone to understand, Jared Leto is not people. Uh, he should mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. be considered people. Uh, he is a cult leader, and we should yes. uh, demonize this man. All right, uh, next is uh, Love and Gelato. Uh, making a promise to her sick mother, a pre-med student has... A pre-med student... Wait, what? Making a promise to her sick mother, comma, a pre-med student, comma, has the summer of her lifetime in Rome, comma, using her mom's old journal as a guide as she slowly falls for the city's charms, comma, its people, comma, and of course, comma, the gelato. What the fuck? Okay, so grammar-wise, this makes it seem like the mother is a pre-med student, but is not. Yes. Uh, a pre-med student who made a promise to her sick mother uh, uses her mom's old journal to have the summer of a lifetime in Rome, uh, as, where she falls for the city's charms, people, and the gelato. That is what they uh, were trying to say. I mean, I think the sentence structure is fine. Making a promise to her sick, a sick mother, a pre-med student, a pre-med student has a summer of a lifetime in Rome. Using her, mm-hmm. no comma, no comma after student, no comma after Rome, using her mom's old journal as a guide as she falls for the city's charms, comma, its people, comma, and of course, comma, the gelato. It, it's still a two paragraph sentence, but I'll accept You're, it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, uh wow, wow. Wow. Proofread. Bud. Proofread, uh, please. The... Hire me. You know how many fucking writing intensive classes I took during college? Like, pretty much all of them that our university offered. There's now a web application called Grammarly that checks your grammar for you for superfluous commas. Uh, to fulfill her mother's final wish, Lena spends the summer before college in Rome. So she's not even a pre-med student yet. Damn it. Okay. Uh, where she discovers romance, adventure, and a passion for gelato. Yeah, she, wait, yeah, she's not even pre-med. What? Unless, like, she's calling it, they're calling her pre-med because she got accepted into college. Yeah. Also, it looked like one of her sweatshirts said MIT. Did they have a- Yes. Did they have medical stuff there? I don't think so. This this movie's just all wrong. At least, at least that's not what they're known for. Right, they're known as, like, the tech place. What? I- Okay, apparently MIT does have a pre-med- just program. make her go to like John Ho- Johns Hopkins or something like that. Johns Hopkins, John Hopkins. Which one is it? I believe it is uh, John Johns Hopkins. 
I think it's Johns Hopkins. I don't know. I didn't go to grad school, but I did do the GRE. Uh, and based on my score there, I got a a recruiting letter from Johns Hopkins, which was I was very proud of. It is Johns Hopkins. And then if uh, they would have taken a look at my actual college transcript, they would have been like, oh, we could probably save ourselves a stamp. <laughs> Philosophy degree? What the fuck? Yeah. Whatever. I graduated. It's fine. That's, that's true. As for this, uh, my my God. I mean, this is like that rom-com thing that, like the romance movie thing that they were they were trying with like, to all the boys, the kissing booth, like that kind of shit. Like this, this hits that audience. Like it's still that late teens kind of audience. That's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. she went to Italy and now has to choose between two boys. Or she could just choose no boys and move back to America and just tr- have memories of a summer of wild sex. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nah, I've, I have nothing to say about it, really. Okay. Oh, it fair. doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look like it's my thing. All right. Uh, I'm sure it'll be somebody's thing. Uh, our final trailer this week is for Intimacy. A betrayal, a sex scandal, everyone watching. How to deal with a case of violation of privacy. Uh, that is not a complete sentence. Uh, hashtag Intimacy. A rising politician's career is threatened when a surreptitiously recorded video of her sex life is leaked to the public. Uh, this looks like a, a movie about how society hates women. That's true. Do you, do you remember the fappening? Yes. Do you remember how the only thing people talked about was uh, women taking photos of themselves and not the complete uh, technological breach that happened, an invasion of privacy that happened to these women? Yeah. Like I've I've taken a bunch of pictures of my dick. Like nobody's ever, uh, like said I was a gross pervert for that. I mean, so long as you're sending them to your doctor. Yeah. Well, no, I just you know, it's like, oh man, I can't see that. What's what's going on down there? And I'll take a picture and look at it and be like, oh okay, uh, it's just a mole. I'm probably fine, and then delete it. That's a good point. I mean, you could just like you could just like roll your legs up, spread your gooch uh, for the uh, in, yeah. in front of a mirror. That's true. How do we always do this? We have weird conversations. It happens. <laughs> this is a weird show. We 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 sprinkle some good information in, but most of the time it's just us bullshitting to each other about weird, it's stupid m- shit. Mostly gooch talk. I don't know. Look, it could be could be interesting. Could be good. I think uh, I, I think the overall message of it is is a good one. That you know, let's not focus on what the people are doing with the the pictures. Let's focus more on the fact that the picture pictures exist outside of uh, wh- whoever received them and whoever sent them. That's true. I don't know. This doesn't really look like it's for me. I I probably don't really care. It was always allowed. All right, any quick hits? Uh, I have one. Uh, Speaking of gooches, uh, (laughs) I watched Jackass for the first time in like probably 10 years. 
Oh man. I'm jealous. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a time I, I don't know, watching this as a, a 30 something year old dude versus as a 20 something year old dude. Uh, I'm definitely more like, oh my god, thank god I have health insurance. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, these guys do some ridiculously stupid stuff. Like, uh, they're Stevo has nothing but a jockstrap on, and he's trying to like <laughs> scale a rope over a bunch of uh, alligator slash crocodiles. I couldn't tell which one it was. With uh, a chicken hanging out. It, yeah, with chicken breast hanging out of his jockstrap. Yeah. So so yeah, there was that. Uh, they flipped a a fucking golf cart, and Johnny Knoxville had a concussion on on screen. Like you you witnessed him have the concussion. And they're like, oh my god, are you okay? It's like, yeah, I just blacked out there for a minute. It's like, oh, so you have a concussion. Got yeah. it. Yeah, that's super bad for you. I don't know. It reminds me of uh, the time that my brother, or my entire family, uh, went to my uh, one cousin's, who we've never seen since or heard of before, uh, house in Ohio. And uh, they had a go-kart there and nothing else. Like, they were so religious that they didn't let their kids watch TV. And we were there for all of, like, a day and a half. And uh, so, hmm. like, on the first day, we're in the go-kart. It's me and my brother in the go-kart. He's driving. And he gets down into a, uh, like, one of their, like, French drain type things. And makes a turn out of it and flips the fucking go-kart. Of course it broke. <laughs> uh, but it, it looked a lot like the golf cart flipping. And we had helmets on, like, we were strapped in, and, like, there was a cage, like, a roll cage on top of it in, in case this exact situation happened. So, like, we were fine, but, like, I've never seen my dad move faster. Like, I, I swear my dad could have beaten Usain Bolt in a race that day. And then, of course, we flip over the, go the go-kart because we're both fine. Like, my brother gets out first because, like, I'm hanging there. But I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's like, yeah, just get out and I can, like, step and, like, get, get through. And then we flip it over and then we slowly watch him, like come to a walk and he's like are you guys okay it's like i mean we're fine we flipped the go-kart like i i don't feel hurt like my arm hurts a little bit but it's not like it's broken or anything uh but yes that's i, I say that whole story to say uh johnny knoxville just wear a fucking helmet please i don't know i forget which jackass movie it is but like whenever steve was in the porta potty and they like bungee cord launched it up into the air um i kind of was Hoping for his sake that he would die from that, because that's got to be like five years from now, he'll have like cancer of the AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he seems to be doing okay now. Uh, like he's gotten it off all the drugs. Right. Like he, yes, yeah, you could... seems like he's doing really well now that he's sober. Yeah, uh, you I'm could just tell him. how fucking obliterated he is during these movies. Like he just he he's just so coked yeah. out. Yeah, it's honestly uh, pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, him and him and Pontius just like they're they're just on like a completely different level from everybody else. Like everybody else, like it feels like they're smoking weed and shit. Like, I, fucking Steve-O and Pontius feel like they've been like snoring cocaine in between takes. Like that's that's how fucking wild those guys are. Yeah, well, they were the Wild Boys. That's true. They also had a TV show. Yeah, yeah uh, Jackass, fun time, uh, decent time capsule to the early 2000s when when I was like, oh my god, this is the, the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Just dudes 
punching <laughs> each other in the balls the whole time. Yeah. I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is the Dick Punch. That's such an artifact, like, from our youth that, like, 20 years from now, like, if we're explaining that to, like, a new generation of people, like, it's going to be such a you-had-to-be-there thing that, like, I feel like it's going to be completely unbelievable. But then again, they're going to have some dumb shit that's, like, way worse. Well, I mean, we just had Jackass 4 within the last year. Like, Jackass yeah. 4.5 is now on Netflix, which is yeah. kind of why I wanted to watch this, because I was... wanted to go through the whole series. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I don't know. They should have subtitled Jackass 4. Uh, yes, they're still alive. I know. Well, except for Ryan Dunn, rest in peace. Except for Ryan Dunn, yeah, because... Which is uh, also extremely sad. Unfortunately, uh, it had to be him and not Bam Margera. That's true. Everyone, ha- All my homies hate Bam Margera. <laughs> it's because he's objectively a bad person. That's true. I don't know. He sets off the fireworks in his parents' uh, parents' uh, bedroom. He like starts beating the shit out of his dad while his dad's taking a shit and rips off his shirt. Like if all he did was like rip off his shirt, like that would be funny. But like he just starts like punching him, and it's like, what the fuck is this bit that you're doing here, Margera? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, whenever what because he does something and he pussies out of it because he pussies out of everything because he he's there to watch but like throw bam margera into any situation that's like mildly dangerous and he's just like no man i I don't like it i don't want to do it i'm good and it's just like okay everybody else is doing it like bro you gotta so they they have to trick him into like participating by like having a floor that falls away and then he's in a pit of snakes yeah which uh Watching him experience deep psychological trauma from that uh, it gave me some of the happiest moments of my life. Yeah. This is also the movie with Dave Anglin shitting his pants. Because uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're going oh, to a hard... The, the bit is they're going to a hardware store and he's going to shit in one of the toilets that isn't hooked up to water. Like it's one of like the, like the yeah. showroom toilets. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm like crowning here. I got to get in there and shit. And, like, he just can't get out of the van in time and just shits himself. And you just see everybody, like, <laughs> fucking try to get out of the van and they're fucking vomiting. Like, uh, it's, it's it's so funny. He took so many laxatives. Oh, also, Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville gets concussed a second time. And arguably worse, because he boxes Butterbean in a fucking, uh, like, right. department store. <laughs> Like, like Butterbean beats the fuck out of him, and then like he's even like I think Knoxville remarks like at one point told Butterbean that it was a joke. Right. So like Butterbean, like at one point is like, or Knoxville at one point is like, yeah, man, I haven't even really gotten a shot of you. And Butterbean just like puts both of his hands down. He's like, all right, man, take your shot. And like Knoxville, like the punch Knoxville throws is fucking nothing. But then Butterbean comes up with this combo and just knocks Knoxville out. Like, it's just like, what the <laughs> fuck did I just watch, man? <laughs> so fucking stupid. And then uh, Ryan Dunn gets his ass kicked by a girl, which is uh, objectively hilarious. He gets knocked out by a fucking body shot. It was a, a kick right to like the the uh, floating ribs. Like it was fantastic. Ooh, ooh. But like I don't know. Like 
I, I'm okay with that one. Like, but Butterbean beating the fuck out of Johnny Knoxville. I'm just like, oh, oh no. This could have gone very wrong. And did. And did. He was concussed. He had a laceration on his head. Like, he had to go to the doctor. To, like, to the hospital and get stitches. I think he got, like, ten stitches. <sighs> if I haven't sold you on it yet, so please sad. watch Jackass on Netflix and also Paramount, I guess. All right. Are you ready for me? Yes, I am ready for you. Uh, I sat down with Mr. Nick uh, of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I made him watch The Lonely Island Presents The Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. Yes! Yes! Good boy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> we, we both laughed so fucking hard that Rebecca had to come down and yell at us to be quiet because her daughter was trying to sleep. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, that is, like, right up our, like, I mean, Nick is right up our humor alley, so, like, I knew he would love that thing. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed to enjoy it. At the end of it, he was like, what the fuck did I just watch? And I was like, you ain't seen nothing yet. So then I put on What Did Jack Do? And we watched <sighs> that. <laughs> I mean, that that's absolutely 100% more your speed than mine. Uh, what Did Jack Do? is just like, this is, this is too weird. I don't think what did Jack do is anyone's speed. It's a fever dream where uh, David Lynch is interviewing a monkey about a murder. Yeah, but they're it's... just like they're like all of the dialogue is just like word salad. It's like at one point because the monkey like it's a little capuchin monkey, and they have like, uh. They edit in like a human man's mouth talking onto the monkey. <laughs> and he's saying weird shit like I'm a plastic bag specialist. Yeah. It, it yeah, he says weird shit. Even in the context of it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a that's one of the most David Lynch things I think I've ever watched. And that's the only David Lynch thing I've ever watched, but like it's so fucking out there. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> the uh, basically, Nick's like reaction to Bash Brothers was basically summed up by saying, do you think Andy Samberg ever just like struggles to get out of bed under the weight of his being like uh, just immensely talented? Yeah, right. Like, it feels like Andy Samberg should be a much bigger star than he is. Yeah. I don't know. I I think he's doing pretty well for himself, but yeah. uh, also, <laughs> Nick got to see him in a fucking muscle suit with a broom up his ass running through a room of Kathy Ireland cardboard cutouts. I mean, visually, that thing is wild. <laughs> I actually need to revisit it because, like, I don't think I've watched it on my 4K out on my out in my um living room because I because I specifically bought that 4K TV for uh, purposes like that. Like, I, I maintain that's still one of the most visually interesting things, like the segment break kind of like the song break stuff. Like, th those are some of those visually interesting stuff I think I've I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. They call me Jose. And, and I'm, I'm Mark. Mark. <laughs> that was fun, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, and then it's a great uh, time. we watched a bunch of cooking shows. So, well, next time you're over, you can watch Iron Chef Quest for the Iron Legend. Yeah, and uh, Frankenstein's monsters, monster Frankenstein. That's also true. Also, you should watch the Tom York thing, Anima. Hmm. I don't know if I know I think, what that is. I think that's what it's called. It's like 15 minutes. It's like a 15-minute like short that he did. For, it's like a musical production. Like a, like it's, it's a promotion for his new album that has like 18 songs on it or, so, or like, like a bunch of songs on it. But he only has like three or four for this, this little short he has. It's really interesting and weird. Like, I think the whole video itself is supposed to be like an allegory for life, but uh, it's been a while since I last saw it. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Uh, so with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from that break, it's time to talk about uh, our main view topic, which is the most cinematic thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. The Elsa Pataki movie Interceptor. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get in our meeting view topic for the week. Interceptor. Uh, Interceptor is a brand new action-adventure drama film. One army captain must use her years of tactical training and military expertise when a simultaneous coordinated attack threatens the remote missile interceptor station she is in command of. Uh, this is a 4.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, this is written and directed by Matthew Riley, uh, and also Stuart Beatty worked on the screenplay. Uh, stars El- Elsa Pataki, Luke Bracey, and Aaron Glenane. Glenane, something like that. Um, and then uh, there's a cam- kind of bit part cameo that we'll talk about, because uh, somebody was a producer on the movie and inserted himself into it. and. Uh, just chose to utterly debase himself. That's true. Uh, also, his wife stars in it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so I have to go back into our archives a bit because I remember uh, Casey Moore making a, a proclamation that this movie was going to hit a certain threshold on IMDb. Uh, I also said something and you said something. So I don't remember what any of those were, but I will go back in the archives and we will dis- we will discover who is the person that was most right. <laughs> uh, I'll start with you this time. What did you think of Interceptor? Okay, I think I was just kind of in a mood where I wanted to watch a a shitty bad action movie. Yeah, uh, I, f- I fucking loved watching this movie. It's oh, I loved watching it too. 
I thought that this was fantastic. Actually, it's like it's not terrible. Like the camera work is competent. Uh and like the pacing is actually quite good. Uh it's just that like the people don't act good or no. do visual effects good too. I mean also they don't write good. And either. also core concept. But like I, I don't know, like there were some action beats in this that I was like, hey, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I mean there's some there's definitely some cool stuff like uh I don't know, at one point some guy gets his head chopped off with razor wire, like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing that I can uh, try to make an equivalency with to this movie is uh, a sci-fi original movie from, like, the 2000s. Oh? It can't be Sharknado. Just, like, general concept of oh, it. Oh, 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 I thought you were directly comparing it to a sci-fi original. No, not like one specifically, but like the idea of sci-fi original movies. Right. Like there's a part where she has to like cross horizontally like along the bottom of this base while hanging from it. And one of her arms has been shot. Uh, So she has to do it with one arm by like swinging and like letting go and grabbing a hold of the next one. And it's like. That's not something humans can do. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably. It, I don't know. I'm no. fat and weak, so I shouldn't talk shit on her. I don't know. It looked like she did it. Like they didn't cut. Like they, it just she just did the thing. So like that's impressive that she mm-hmm. did the thing. Uh, yeah. Like you, you can tell that they actually set that part up. Now, of course, behind it was a fucking green screen because. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not renting out an oil rig to, to fucking do this. But like, yeah, like the there's some visuals that are decent. There's uh you know, the some action fights are, are pretty good. There's a couple good fights in this. Uh but uh my god, the script is me one of the worst I think I've ever laid my eyes on in terms of like you know, paper to screen transitions, cause like no, this is written by like a fucking third grader. It 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 feels like just the way like people talk. <laughs> I mean, that also could just be that they're bad actors. I mean, there's a throwaway line in the entire in the, like at the very beginning of the movie where they say that uh, Elsa Pataki was born on an army base in Spain. Uh, because she can't do an American accent, so they had to hide it in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. So they just made up a reason, like, oh, she was just born in her her home country of Spain. That's why she sounds the way she does. Yeah, I don't know. So like, she's uh like a an army captain, uh, and basically like the like she had worked on this base before, kind of knew the job and stuff, but like she just gets assigned there when stuff starts to pop off uh because like basically like it it seems like she's getting punished being sent back there because like uh she worked her way up and stuff and was uh working like directly for uh a three star general and turns out like because this is uh an issue with the military that that dude was uh, a pervert and like 
tried to abuse his position to fuck her. Uh, and she, you know, turned him in for it and he got in trouble. But like, basically it ruined her career uh, because victim blaming and the, the army is a boys club. Right. I mean, and that's probably the, the, the weirdest part of the movie is that, like, because like I live tweeted my experience with this movie because I knew exactly what it was going into it. Like I was going to try to have a good time. Uh, and, you know, I'm I'm pointing and laughing at the screen. I'm, like, rewinding for, like, amazing parts. And ama- by amazing, of course, I mean bad. Like, very bad, like, line delivery action shots. Like, anything anything dumb or stupid. But I go, at one point, uh, oh boy, whoever wrote this screenplay gets to try to tell a story about a female officer who was sexually assaulted trying to save America. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, honestly, I didn't mind that part at all. Like, I think, uh... I don't know, it gave her characters a, a reason to be vulnerable and not yeah. just, like, a badass the entire time. Because, like, between her and the bad guy, like, that was a, a big running thing is, like, oh, I've identified your weakness. Now I have the upper hand. Yeah, it, it was just, like, I don't know. I, I felt like at that point, like, to the, the point where they first start revealing what's going on with her. I just feel like dialogue wise, whoever was writing it hadn't shown any kind of particular grace or nuance or care for what they were yeah. doing. So no, based true. off of the track record, I was just going, there's no way this is going to be handled with any kind of grace, care or nuance. And there was there was, there was a bit of nuance. Now, of course, production wise or production design wise, there's something very funny that happens later that. uh. I, I laughed for a good 10 minutes about. Hmm. I wonder what that is. So, I don't know. It's like she's she's unpacking her bag in the fucking uh, colonel who's in charge of the station uh, is like, hey, I need you in the the command center with your sidearm. Because, uh, like, there there's a quick scene at the start of the movie um, of like basically there's two of these interceptor bases uh which is what the screen text told us yes um green like ms dos type type oh i said screen but yeah also that yes uh but like one was in alaska like the the very opening scene of the movie was that being uh attacked and then like there were a bunch of nuclear missiles stolen from a place in Russia, uh, which seemed to be connected. Uh, and then, like, the attack starts on this base. And it's it's all on her to turn the tide. Right, because the, the colonel... I, actually, I think he was a general, because I was making a big deal out of this. Like, why is there a general on an interceptor base out in the middle of, wa- of the water? So, like, he gets shot in the head almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably because it kind of looks like not, Phil Hartman. Not, not a general, but yeah. I, I swear they said general. So, she had worked for the general previously, but that the guy who was in command of the station was a colonel. Okay, then that's bad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I, she, I, she was a captain, and, like, captain is an appropriate rank to be his mm. second in command, I guess. So. Right. Uh, I don't know why I thought he he was a general because like I went on a rant for a good five minutes. I'm like, this guy should be a fucking colonel. There is no way a general is sitting in the middle of the ocean. Like this is this is a like uh, yeah, that's correct. 
Like I, I'm just I, I just got so mad, but then uh you making it you making me seem like an idiot. Uh thank you. Thank you for doing so. Was, I mean, must have yeah. just misheard it. That's fine. Yeah. It happens. No. no, it doesn't happen. It shouldn't have happened. I have subtitles on. I I should be able to read. It's fine. Um so yeah, they break in uh and they have acid for some reason. I think they're gonna use it to like break open to the destroy doors. the circuitry so that yeah. they can't repair it. Yeah. So uh at one point some some acid gets on Elsa Pataki's uh army issued uh dress shirt. Uh mm-hmm. and therefore she takes it off, leaving her with nothing but a tank top for the rest of the movie. So of course And a bulletproof uh, vest that well, goes yes. over the tank top. Eventually. But uh my my snarky tweet was uh, quote, I got an idea. Let's get sulfuric acid on Elsa Pataki's shirt so she has to wear a tank top for the rest <laughs> of the movie, unquote. The screenwriter, probably. And then I typed in booba on, in, like, a Twitter GIFs, and then uh, an eye-popping <laughs> GIF came out, and then I was just like, ah, perfect. A wooga. Oh, she's a handsome woman. Yeah, she's attractive. I mean, there's a reason Chris Hemsworth married to her. Yeah. It's not her talent. It's absolutely not her. T- she was in uh, Fast Five, <laughs> the the best Fast and Furious movie, and she is also dreadful in that movie. But I, I didn't really credit it to her being dreadful. It was more just that female characters in the Fast and Furious franchise don't fucking matter. Because the writers say so. Yeah. Yeah, that's not like uh, that's not your assessment. Correct. I don't know. There's also like, there's some, there's honestly like some pretty badass kills in this movie. Like she yeah. fights a guy who has the acid, who's trying to get into the command center and she's stopping him from doing it. Uh, and she kills that guy by like, she goes to shoot him with her pistol and like he grabs it. Uh, so she like disengages the slide, which is like how like how actual guns work like to break down for like to clean them and mm-hmm. like disassemble and repair them uh so like she disengages the slide and like pulls just like the base and handle part of the gun off and stabs it through his eye and fucking kills him yeah that was dope it's pretty badass uh and then he falls on his backpack uh breaking open the canisters of acid uh, and then spends the rest of the movie pretty much laying in the acid, and his body's just fine in the sulfuric acid. <laughs> right. But it's so bad. Well, it's so slow acting that Elsa Pataki can wait about five minutes before taking off her shirt, because she got it, like, she got it on her, like, almost immediately at the start of the fight, and it still hasn't mm-hmm. eaten through her shirt yet for some reason. Yeah, it started to smoke a little bit, but, you know, that's fine. And then, uh... I don't know, it didn't, like, weaken the floor in that hallway at all. They didn't no. have to, like, dump lime on it to, like... <laughs> I don't know. Right. Which, which is fine. So then we get uh, the breakdown of Captain Collins' story, which I, I would not have remembered her fucking name had I not written it in a fucking tweet. Uh, but it's breaking down how she was sexually assaulted by a three-star general. And then some people broke into her house and wrote uh, shit on her wall, like in graffiti. And most of it was like, traitor slut, you're a slut, uh, you're a whore, Lying blah, blah, whore. blah. Uh, you're, we'll be back. And I think one of the things, like, literally was like, uh, a rape threat, just horrible. 
uh, and I say most notably, we came on your pillow and we are coming for you. Oh, yeah. Gross. Which is the part that I laughed for a hundred years at because like everything else is so (laughs) unoriginal and just so like just like matter of fact like oh yeah this makes sense to be on the wall and then just over her shoulder you see we came on your pillow and we're coming for you and I just fucking lose my mind laughing at that (laughs) like someone in production design got a fucking raise that day because like wow that's really good I'm really proud of tremendous chef's kiss (sighs) that's really funny I don't know. There was also a there's also a traitor amongst them. Uh, he he's MAGA. Uh, he hates America now. Oh, also, I guess we didn't really yeah, say the reason the terrorists are. We're, we're not really. The the terrorists are like, hey, we hate the way America is being run. Uh, I'm Wesley, whatever the fuck my name is. Uh, and I hate uh my dad who is just rich and therefore became the United States ambassador to the UN because he's rich. So I want to destroy America. Uh, by nuking 16 cities. The 16 cities, I looked it up. Um, They say they're going to kill 300 million Americans with these nukes. Yep, they're very specific about that. Uh, They would not kill anywhere close to that with those nukes yeah. and what cities they're targeting. That's true. There's more. It turns out that there's more than 16 cities in the United States. Maybe they're like you know, estimating, like, death from fallout as well. But That has to be it, but, like, even still, like, there's just no way, man. There's no way. Well, I, I mean, I found out that if, that both Pittsburgh and Raleigh were not uh, affected by this, so, you know, I was, I was fine no matter what. Like, I was chilling. Yeah. Columbus was not one of the targets. So, I mean, like, you know, fucking doesn't affect me. Like, I'm good. I'll chill out in Raleigh, and that can be the new capital of the United States for all I care. Yeah. Have to fight fucking uh, rad roaches for the rest of my life, but that's fine. And and become a ghoul. Yeah. I don't know. If uh, if Fallout <laughs> was set on the Jersey Shore, they would have been Gaba ghouls. Uh, I hate you. So yeah, there's a, so there's a traitor. Uh, he's MAGA because he's like all the all the immigrants ruined my country and took our jobs. Uh, look look at this immigrant standing next to me, and also Elsa Pataki's an immigrant because she came from Spain, but I don't know that because I'm stupid. So uh, I'm going to assume she's from Mexico. This is a real thing yes. that happened in the movie. That's true. Well, now Caleb, we get the most important thing. We get Chris Hemsworth, the 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 Thor himself, yeah. uh, as what what should have been a cameo. So at one point they're able to seize the command center, and they're basically saying like, uh, they they take control of the emergency broadcast system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like everybody in the United States like gets the message, and the guys like gets on TV and is like, hey. We have these uh, nuclear vessels, and we're going to shoot them at you. And, like, everybody can just see it. Uh, So, like, Chris Hemsworth is uh, a long-haired, like, 
you know, crunchy burnout fucking TV salesman at a Best Buy type store. And he's talking about this TV and he's like, oh, why'd it get all black and white? Uh, <laughs> and then like that comes on and like everybody else freaks out and runs out of the building and the rest of the m- movie, it just like will cut back to him cheering at the TV every time Elsa Pataki kills somebody. Yeah, and I'm just like, bro, like, if if it was just, like, that first sequence of Chris Hemsworth, like, why, oh, why is the TV all black and white, and that was all we got of him, I would have been like, okay, that was a fun little cameo, I'm super happy about that. But he <laughs> just kept showing up, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't need to see Chris Hemsworth walking off the set of Avengers Endgame right now. I got, I just, just fucking... Like, let the movie go. I don't, I don't need any more of this. <sighs> Sorry to all you Chris Hemsworth lovers, but, like, this was... This is bored by, by his whole character. It just didn't change, and it, it didn't do anything. It was just like a, hey, we got a, 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 a potential cutaway gag, and it just wasn't funny after the first time. That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I could see maybe doing it, like, once at the end of the movie as a punchline kind of callback to it, but... Yeah, it's not good. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about this. I I liked it. I laughed. I cried. I watched uh, Elsa Pataki stab somebody in the eye with a gun. Yeah, I watched a guy get his head cut off with razor wire, so I was fine. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, look, this is, a, this is a fun movie to put on with your friends. at Like, if you're going to watch, like, a movie at a party. Uh, and just kind of like watch this for a little bit, like or like get drunk and watch yeah. this, or get high and watch this with your friends. Like I actually recommend it for that. Like I, I wish I held a watch party for this so we could all just laugh at how <laughs> stupid this was. I don't know. I want to talk about the razor wire part though, because she she managed to wrap the razor wire around the guy's neck, and he's still like charging at her, and he's like, "You think a little razor wire is gonna kill me?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, yes. That's what it's for." Like, it's to make it so that you can't get through it without being cut apart. Like, I've seen the Saw franchise. Yeah, right? Also, like, also like this remote top secret location. Why do they have razor wire at the top of the fence that's on the roof of the... Like, if you get to the roof of this, you've already accessed the facility. Also, the facility, nobody knows where it is, and it's in the middle of the ocean. Uh, that's true. I don't know. Uh, if anything, if 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 he would have said that about barbed wire, I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, fine. But like when he said the phrase razor wire, I just went, you you really just yeah. don't know what razor wire does, okay? Well, like even barbed wire, like it's around his neck. Oh yeah, like it's your carotid artery is not that deep. Yeah, but I mean, it was cool. Uh, I watched the guy get his head chopped off. He was a MAGA idiot, so happy about that. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, what would you give it? Uh, honestly, just for the the fun factor of it, like I am gonna go <laughs> a little bit higher <laughs> than what the IMDb rating is. Uh, I'm gonna say three. It was stupid and fun, and I wanted to watch a fun, stupid movie. I'm going to have a fucking stroke. Uh, look, I agree with you that it's fun and stupid, but also it's just bad. Nah, re- it's not good. Uh, I don't know. Realistically, it's... I don't know. I'd probably say like two, two and a half. 
my enjoyment of it was a three. Oh yeah, my enjoyment of it was much higher than the actual quality of the movie. I'm going with a flat one and a half. This is a this is a bad movie. But again, just watch it with some friends, man. I feel like this is what Wayne always talks about on the countdown. Like he rates his enjoyment of a movie, not like the content of the movie, I feel like. Sure. And I I kind of do that too sometimes. That's fair. That was always allowed. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to just enjoy a bad movie every once in a while, this is this is one of those movies that you can do that with. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll move us on to a patron request review for Hairspray. Well, fine. If you don't want my money, you mean if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patron Review segment. <sighs> Alright, uh, Hairspray is a 2007 PG comedy drama musical. Um, pleasantly plump teenager Tracy Turnblad teaches 1962 Baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local TV dance show. As directed by Adam Shankman, written by Leslie Dixon, uh, and John Walter John Waters wrote the 1988 screenplay, uh, and that this was based on, and Mark O'Donnell wrote the original musical play that it was based on. I guess Nikki Blonsky is our our main character, Tracy Turnblad, uh, John Travolta plays her mom because reasons uh got queen latifah michelle pfeiffer christopher walk and amanda Bynes. uh sonic's friend james marsden's in this that's true uh zach efron's in this allison janney's in this amanda Bynes. jerry stiller yeah yeah and then uh, i mentioned john waters but like uh he's he's in it briefly as like uh a flasher who runs down the street and flashes some some ladies and like that happened and i was like hey was that john waters i immediately <laughs> recognized john waters and just went yeah that's the most john waters role i think i've ever seen that's john waters being himself yeah a sex pest that's true i don't know i'm not gonna put that on him but i don't know it, it, this is when you think about it in context like it's such a weird thing to say this derived from John Waters based off of everything you know about John Waters. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, know, I like John I, Waters. I like John Waters too, but he's a weird dude and Hairspray is just like because I haven't seen like the 85 original? What, the 80s original. But like if it's mm -hmm. anything like this it's pretty standard in what it does. Versus a John Waters movie where it's fucking bonkers. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty white savory. Oh, it's extremely white savory. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know why <laughs> I had to watch John Travolta in a fat suit trying to get it on with Christopher Walken. But I did. I mean, that was and great. It, it was funny. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I quite liked it, honestly. I, yeah, I had a fun I had I a fun it was time. Pretty good. It was a fun movie. 
You know, you you root for uh, not Michelle Pfeiffer the entire time. And uh, yeah, it was nice seeing Amanda Bynes before she, uh, you know, lost her mind due to uh, immense pressure of being a, a young 20 starlet and was in Hollywood for basically her entire fucking life. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the last thing she was in was Easy A in 2010. Yeah, so three years later, dear God. I don't know. I liked it. The songs are good. Like, it was an enjoyable time. Like, I was actually shocked that, because I didn't know, I like, I didn't read any, like, the synopses before I watched it, but I was shocked that the overall subject material wasn't just about, like, you know, uh, an overweight girl getting onto television and being a seemingly star on it. I, I just thought it was going to be that, as opposed to, uh, you know, racially integrating television. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's just there's just some moments in this where like it it is fun and like the overall theme of it is is quite campy and stuff. But like, um, like there's just a couple parts of it that I find inexplicable. Like, uh, the dance show that she's obsessed with has what they call Negro Day, which is, you know, they let the black kids come on and dance. Uh, but they just, like, say it constantly. And it's just like, I don't know, that's such an archaic word, like, inappropriate thing now that yes. I was just like, do we have to keep, do we have to keep saying it over and over? Uh, but then, like, uh, Tracy gets put in detention. Cause like, I don't know, she, her hairdo's too high or something and the teacher's mad about it. Uh, so like she, like all the black kids are in there dancing and like, uh, cause that's her thing. She starts like doing their dance moves and stuff and like just being upbeat and talking to him and stuff. And, uh, the one kid immediately is like, you're one of us. And it's just like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, that was that Hang was on. wild. <laughs> I don't think that that is accurate. That is not how that uh, works. <laughs> uh, and then, I don't know, like, because that, that becomes what the thing is about. So, like, like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer... Her character, not in real life, presumably she's a very nice person, but she doesn't like the black people and doesn't want integration to happen. Uh, so, like, she manages to get, like, Negro Day canceled, uh, and then, like, Queen Latifah and all of, like, you know, the the black community who really cared about, you know, having, seeing themselves on TV in their hometown. Uh, decide to march on the station and uh Tracy joins them. So then like there's a a line of police officers there and Tracy who's uh a middle class white girl and isn't used to people not listening to her like the cop turns his back on them and uh she just gives him a little a little head bop with her protest sign and uh the cops like now you fucked up you just you just assaulted a police officer and we're arresting everybody. Uh so she runs away. Uh everybody else gets arrested for her, I guess. Yep. Uh which also isn't great. Uh but then like 
the the plot continues and like at the end of the movie like you know everybody's happy and stuff and like she gets to dance on the show and like they like the show becomes integrated and Michelle Pfeiffer gets fired and stuff uh and the movie ends but yeah. the police are still looking for her that's true. Also, uh, the last 30 minutes is nothing but dancing. Like, it's just everybody dancing. And then there's, like, some exposition in between the dancing, but everyone's still dancing in the background. Yeah. Uh, I, it was an enjoyable movie. I, I, don't have, I don't have much to say about it, honestly. Yeah, like, uh, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's a fun time. A fun, fun little movie that everyone can enjoy. Uh, so long as you can get them pa- get past them saying uh, words from the 1960s. Yeah. And also, <laughs> also Jer- Jerry, Sh- uh, I can't talk because I'm laughing. Jerry Stiller just being uh, a slimy businessman because he sees her on TV and is like, oh, I want her to be the spokesperson for my big and tall store. So I'm going to have her come down here for a meeting. Uh, and he like hands her a fucking tray of like a dozen donuts. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weird. Uh, also, uh, Harvey Firestein and Ricky Lake are like judges, and they were both in the original. Har- Harvey Firestein was the uh, John Travolta role. Hmm. So you know, everyone's favorite high-strung uh television. Producer person uh, from Independence Day was uh, David. In, David. In a... David. I gotta call my mother. I gotta call my lawyer. Yeah, forget my lawyer. Yeah, fuck your lawyer. But yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone's favorite. Uh, he he's he's back in this. Uh, so seeing Harvey Firestein made me uh, light up a little bit. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, what would you rate it? I give it about a three and a half. Good, enjoyable movie. Yeah, Good job, Nick. Sounds about right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a solid, enjoyable movie. Okay, well, next week on the show, we will be doing the new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle. Uh, it's the movie about him finding an international basketball yeah. star, a potential international basketball star, and trying to bring him to America to f- force the 76ers into giving him a tryout. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, the and sport other- ball film. Yeah, uh, which uh, I put up a poll because I put in, I, I sent an email to Netflix PR and just went, hey, any chance we can get an early screener for this? And I'm opening my Netflix app on my phone right now. Uh, I do not see anything for screeners, so that means we did not get it. So everyone who thought that we would get it, uh, you must not really pay attention to the show because we never get anything. Uh, but we're going to watch that with the rest of you. So that's a, a bit unfortunate, but it is what it is. So we'll watch that. And then on the back of that, we'll be watching a patron request review for the blind detective from Chris Yaney. Oh yeah. And you can find the show at Netflix and It's your one stop shop for all things, Netflix and swill. Uh, and you can like, and review the show on good pods where we are in the rankings somewhere uh i'm going to good pods now to see where probably probably not gonna be that high honestly although i will say my my title for our most recent episode of stacking triggers very good that's all right number seven in tv reviews so uh you know 
help us out there. That'd be great. I'm just happy to be included. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, straight cis white males out there with podcasts, and I'm glad that you decided to tune in for ours. That's true. I hope we in in like did something for your life that makes you go, "Huh, that was really insightful." Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why we're here. But I hope more than anything else, it's that the next time you're having sex in your house and somebody else is there, that you throw on a big Michael Bay action movie to cover up the sound. Yeah. Or throw on a porno and lean into it. Or uh, throw on some music from Spaceweather, who allowed us to use their song Bitter as the intro and outro of our show. How's that for a segue? That's a hell of a segue. And until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.